Thank you for listening. If content from this podcast was meaningful to you, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us at christianchapel.com. Good morning. It's good to see you here. If you are a guest with us this morning, it's especially good to see you. My name is Chris. I'm the pastor here. And you are joining us in the middle, as Greg said, of our missions month at Christian Chapel. So during Advent in December, we explored this idea behind me of Jesus changes everything and talked about how the arrival of Christ in our world changes everything for us personally. And then here in January, we've been exploring how uh, the fact that he changes everything for us means that we need to be engaged in sharing that same message of good news with everyone everywhere. And so we're looking at that two primary ways. We're looking at how we participate in doing that globally, especially with people who've never heard. Uh, And so we do that by supporting people like Ferry and the other missionaries who've been through this month. And uh, just we we join them with our giving, with our praying. We go participate with them. and, And we're constantly asking God if he would have us go invest our life in that way as well. The other way that we do that is uh, we share that good news with people here locally. And so last week we talked about Royal Family Kids Camp and how you can serve in that area to bring the good news of Christ to children, uh, especially children in difficult situations. So again, you can sign up for that this morning. And then today we're going to talk about how um, this good news comes and changes our life and enables us to walk towards other people in some really messy situations in life and just share the good news and really the peace that Jesus brings. And so this morning we're going to highlight like crisis pregnancy outreach, and I'll tell you a little bit more about what that is later. We'll hear from some people who've been uh, really impacted by that ministry as well. But I want to start today uh, in Matthew chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, we'll look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. It's a story of Jesus calming the storm uh, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples. I don't know um, if any of you, when you were growing up, were scared of storms. Uh, I, I have three children that at some point they have all went through that, which is unfortunate for them because we live in Oklahoma, right? So, uh, and, and Angie and I have two different approaches to that. They come in the middle of the night. They don't anymore. They're, they're all outgrown it. But they used to come in the middle of the night and they'd be like, it's, it's thundering. I'm scared. Uh, and I usually wouldn't even wake up. But on the, the rare occasions that I did, my response was, you're fine. We live in Oklahoma. Go to bed. Um, just a very loving, compassionate, you know. Uh, but Angie was, she was much more gentle and she would take them back up and she would rub their head until they went to sleep. And then she would come down and kind of roll her eyes and, and go to sleep when she looked at me. But I slept through the whole thing, so it, was, it didn't matter. But anyways, you know, you, you have this, this period of life for a lot of people and, and hopefully you've outgrown that. Or maybe some of you, you have those uh, dogs that lose their minds every time a storm comes, it, to which, again, I'll, I don't know why you keep them, uh, you know, but I'm not a dog person, really. Uh, so, yeah, God made him to live outside, Carl, whether you like it or not, he did. He gave him fur. He's got an igloo out there. Um, anyways, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, but, you know, th- there's just this idea of, of, for us especially, we live in Oklahoma, sto- like our NBA team is called the thunder, right? You have to get used to thunder and lightning if you're going to live here. You have to get, and most of us, we get so used to like the tornado sirens and everything that instead of taking cover, we think that's like the doorbell to go to the front porch and just look around outside. Um, you know, but, but there's just, there's part of us that we just get used to it. That's just what we do. And so what I want to do this morning is just look real quickly at this story of Jesus calming the storm and, and just talk about how in some ways, we have to come to that same understanding of, hey, just difficult seasons are going to come, but Jesus is going to be with us through all of those. He's going to be stronger through all of those, and we can trust him in those moments. 
But Matthew chapter 8, we find Jesus. He is uh, into his ministry. He has been traveling, teaching, healing, driving out demons, doing all sorts of things. And in Matthew 8, he's been in the area of Capernaum, which is on the Sea of Galilee. He's been teaching and healing all day long. And as evening comes to a close, he tells the disciples, let's get in the boat and let's cross the lake. So this is a, an overnight crossing which would not have been a big deal for most of the disciples. They had grown up as fishermen. They were used to being on the water at night. Not a big deal at all. But we pick up the story in verse 23, and it says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, And it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So real quick, we're just going to see three quick lessons that I think this story teaches us about enduring the storms of life. And then we'll talk about how those ideas uh, really are kind of the fuel for ministries like crisis pregnancy outreach. But I think as as you read this, the first thing that that we have to understand is storms are going to come. Right? You, You know this. If you've lived any amount of time at all, you know Life is not always rainbows and sunshine and, you know, just walks on the beach. Eventually, there are tough seasons that come. And, and that's, it's one of those things, especially I think in this story that, that it really teaches us, the reason the disciples wound up in this storm is because they followed Jesus. It says, then he got in the boat, the disciples followed him, they launched out, and then the storm comes. And it's, it's something that, that as a pastor and, and as a dad that I, I deal with with people who go to, to our church that I, I'm trying to teach my own children is this idea that following Jesus is never a guarantee that life's going to be perfect. And the, the sooner we can lay down that expectation, like a lot of people, I think they're mad at God for not doing something that he never said he would do, right? Like they're really upset about like, Jesus, I, why is my life so difficult? They think that he, he promised like a, a magic pill where everything's going to be smooth and everything's going to be wonderful. But sometimes, and, and this story I think shows us very well, sometimes it's because you're following Jesus that you wind up in the middle of the storm. And he doesn't promise to keep us from it. He doesn't promise to completely drive it out every time. But what he promises us is that he'll always walk with us through those seasons. You know, even in this story, the disciples, they, they get out there and it says this storm kind of comes up without warning. It comes up out, it's not the first time they've been in a storm, but this one, it just, it comes out of nowhere and it catches them off guard and it's, it's strong to the point that these professional fishermen fear for their life. They're not sure if they're going to make it. You know, and so if, if we first need to understand that storms will come, we also need to understand that we're not always going to see them coming. Right? The, the storm that's coming is, is typically pretty easy for us to prepare for. You know, I was, I was talking with our remnant students. We're looking for a youth pastor, so I've been hanging out with them on Wednesday nights and was talking to them about, you know, when I was going into college, I knew paying for school was a, a storm on the horizon for me. My parents had had some honest talks with me about, hey, we can't afford to send you, and so you're going to have to work hard and get scholarships. You're going to have to work all through school. We're going to do whatever we can. So that was a, a storm I prepared for. So though I knew it was coming, it was okay. But those other storms that came along in those years that were unexpected of, you know, knee surgeries and my parents divorcing and other things, deaths in my family, those were the ones that really caught me off guard. And, and I think it's important for us to consider that too, that not only will the storms come, but we're not always going to see them coming. And, and sometimes even if we do, we can't handle them. 
You know, sometimes we, uh, depending on how we grew up, we can feel like we're pretty equipped to handle almost anything that life will throw at us. You know, and so if you grew up with healthy parents who had a healthy marriage who loved you, you might go into your marriage thinking, I can handle anything that comes my way. I, we're, we're set up. I can handle any parenting issue. I can handle any marriage issue. That's good. Or, or maybe you, you've had a lot of education. You've had a lot of experience in your job. Maybe you've had a lot of hands-on training or a good mentor, and, and you feel like, hey, no matter what comes at me professionally, I can handle it. I'm in good shape. I can do this. Or, or maybe you really watch what you eat. You get a lot of rest. You make sure you exercise, and you feel like, I, health-wise, I can, I can handle anything that comes at me. But again, if, if you live long enough, you eventually get into these seasons where you've done everything right and still kind of those rogue waves come from the side that, that just completely catch you off guard. And suddenly a relationship is upended, the economy changes and your job is, is no longer what it was. Suddenly you get the call from the doctor of, hey, I need you to come back, the test results are in. And in all these seasons, the, the strength of those storms a lot of times isn't even in the circumstances itself, but it's just in the surprise that overtakes us of we never saw it coming. And that's where the disciples find themselves here. They're launching out just to go to the other side of the lake. They don't think anything is going to happen. And then they get in the middle and it says the waves start to ra- rise up and the wind is blowing and it gets to the point that they really do think we're going to drown. But then they have an epiphany. Jesus is sleeping in the boat, right? The the guy who's been healing people all day long is right here. The guy who's been driving out demons all day long is right here. And, And at this point in their walk with Jesus, they still don't know entirely who he is. They know he's a good teacher. They're pretty sure he's a prophet. But they don't know exactly the fullness of who he is as the son of God. But even then, they have enough sense to say, well, let's wake him up. See what happens. And so they go to Jesus and they wake him up and, and Jesus is, uh, you know, very kind to them. The disciples woke him up and they say, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. You know, and, and it's, again, I think teaching us this idea the storms are going to come, but Jesus is going to be with us. And it's easy for us, I think, to read this story and to think, well, I get it why they did that. Jesus was literally physically there with them. They could see his face. They could shake his shoulder to wake him up. But for me, when these unexpected storms come, it's not the same thing. He's not there in the same way. And and on the one hand, you're right, and on the other hand, you're wrong. Because the whole story, everything we talked about in Advent of the incarnation of Christ, God becoming man, making his dwelling among us, the whole goal of that was to do two things. First, it was to restore our relationship with God to provide a a way for us to be forgiven. And the second thing was to remind us God is always with us. I mean, Jesus says it again and again and again during his ministry on earth. When I leave, I will send a comforter. When I leave, another will walk with you. And he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit who will come and be with us in every season, who will magnify Jesus in every storm, who will help us to lift our eyes beyond our circumstances and see that God is always with us. And so when we come together every Sunday, one of the primary things we're trying to remind ourselves of is Jesus is with me. In the same way he was with those disciples in the boat, he is just as real in my life today. And it's this hope that really anchors everything we do. If, if we just think we're coming to kind of observe some teachings and look for some good lessons that we can apply in our own power, we're, we're really fooling ourselves. 
Because again, storms are going to come that are going to push you past your breaking point. And in those seasons, our only hope is Jesus. The disciples know that. They turn to him and they wake him up. They say, Lord, we're going to drown. And Jesus replies, why are you so afraid? Because we're going to drown. You know, like I, I, people get after me sometimes for being sarcastic. But then I see Jesus saying that stuff. And it's like, it's got to be. Like he's got a sense of humor, right? They, they wake up. They're clearly in a panic. He's probably sloshing around in the water in the bottom of the boat. We're going to drown. Why are you guys so scared? But it, it reminds us, you know, in the same way my kids come to me sometimes at night and they're like, Dad, it's thundering. Go to bed. Right? Why do I? It's not because I hate my children. I love them dearly. But I know the thunder's not going to hurt them. They can crawl right back in that bed. They can go to sleep. I know the lightning's not going to hurt them. I know the rain's not going to come through. Like we, we have a good house. It's safe. It's secure. And I know if the tornado sirens go off, Angie's going to wake me up and I'm going to go get the kids and we're all going to get down in the safe room together. Right? And, and I think it's the same thing. Jesus is getting at here, this idea that, hey, I'm stronger than everything, but he just teaches it in such a fun way. If we're going to drown, what are you scared of? I mean, really, what are you scared of? And, and I think if, if he could come to us in the same way with the storms we face and the uncertainties we have, and we come to him, we just say, God, you don't know what the situation of my marriage is like. You don't know what my kids are doing. You don't know what my job is like. And his response is, hey, what? Why are you so afraid? Like our fear reveals that we don't really believe he's with us and we really don't believe he's stronger. But he comes to us and just says, hey, pay attention. Watch this. And so it says he gets up and he commands, he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. And the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, it's, it's an instant miracle. When Jesus gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves, it's not, again, the disciples, they've been on the water a lot. They've seen storms. They know what it's like for a storm to die out suddenly, right? Where it's, it's just, we've had that experience where you've seen a thunderstorm and it's intense and all of a sudden it just stops. The difference, though, on, on this night on the, the Sea of Galilee is that not only does the wind stop instantly, but the seas go instantly calm. And that's how they know it's a miracle. Because, I mean, you've done this. You've cannonballed into a pool before, right? And you've never cannonballed in, and then it was instantly calm. If so, you need to eat a hamburger because that's not normal. But, uh, you know, like there's always, it's choppy. The water's flying over the edges. It's, it's never instantly calm. But in this moment, Jesus speaks, the wind stops, and the seas are like glass. And the disciples' response is, who is this man? You know, and, and all of Mark 8 really is all about the authority of Christ. You see his authority displayed over sickness. We see it displayed over those who are, are oppressed and possessed by demons. And here we see that it even extends to nature itself. And the whole goal of Mark chapter 8 is to teach us, no matter what we face, no matter what we deal with, Jesus is stronger. And I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know what uncertainty you walked in it, within, but, but I hope you walk out with these two ideas in your heart. Jesus is with you. And Jesus is stronger. And then just hear his voice saying to you, why are you so afraid? 
if he's with us and if he's stronger than we believe, he can always bring that same level of calm to us as well. Just a, just a minute ago, Lauren led us in that song, It Is Well, and I think it's such a, a great reminder to us. I love that opening line, grander earth has quaked before. You know, and just what, what it's getting at is this idea of you might be going through some stuff. God's dealt with bigger stuff. You might be going through a really hard time. He's taken care of some other stuff before. He points us back to stories like Mark 8. It points us back when we receive communion together every four or five weeks here at Christian Chapel. We're reminding ourselves, God's dealt with bigger things than my mess. He took the very worst thing in the world, the death of Christ, and he turned it into the very best thing in the world, the resurrection of Christ. And if he could do that there, he can still do it here. And then it, we sang, in the, I think, later in the, the chorus of that song, that idea of the waves and winds still know his name. And, and we're going to sing that again here at the end of service in a little bit. And when we do, I, I want you to, to personalize that in your heart. Not just a generic out there, bad things in the world, but for you right here today, the waves and the wind in your life, in your heart, in your relationships, in your emotions, they still respond to Jesus. He still has control over it. Like, it's really good news. I mean, it's, it's better than finding a good counselor. It's better than finally getting that medication dialed in. It's the best thing in the world to know everything in life is under his dominion. He's over all. He's above all. He's in all. And not only that, but he's stronger than everything. And when we start to come to this kind of understanding that the storms are going to come, but Jesus is with me, and Jesus is stronger. It changes not only the way we approach difficult seasons in our own life, but it changes our willingness to walk into the storms that other people are experiencing as well. You know, I think uh, a natural response for us, again, as Oklahomans in storms is, um, it's raining outside, it's snowing outside, just go inside. Hunker down, stay warm, stay dry, watch it through the window, it'll pass by. And, And that's a pretty normal response. But as Christians, in some ways, we're called to the opposite. We're called to be the people who go out into the storm. That when you go through these personal experiences of Jesus is with me and Jesus calms the storm in my own life, at some level then there's an expectation that I will now go out and share that good news with other people. I will walk back into the storm to point others to the same good news that I've found. And this is really at the core of of why we send missionaries around the world. It's at the heart of Royal Family Kids Camp, and and this morning we'll see it's at the heart of Crisis Pregnancy Outreach. This idea that Jesus saves us from the storm, not so that we can retire on the beach and enjoy the sunshine, but he saves us from the storm so that we will go back out into it and point others to the God who will do the same thing for them. The Crisis Pregnancy Outreach started out of Christian Chapel over 30 years ago. Cheryl Bauman, Marilyn Guthman, and Howard Guthman had this idea that we want to provide practical care and spiritual guidance to girls experiencing crisis pregnancies. It was born kind of out of that season where, where the uh, ab- abortion was becoming a big issue, and there were people in our church who felt like, yes, we are radically opposed to that, but we know we can't just prophetically yell about it. We have to care for people as well. We can't just say that's wrong, but we also have to say we're willing to help you. 
If you don't do that, we've got an option for you. And so for 30 years now, Crisis Pregnancy Outreach has provided uh, free medical care, free counseling services. They've provided parenting classes for girls who choose to parent the, the babies that they're pregnant with. They've provided housing assistance, uh, rides across town, all sorts of things, probably dozens of others of ministry opportunities that I'm forgetting this morning, but just in, in a wide variety of ways. And then one of the other unique things of CPO is they're also a licensed adoption agency. And so at times they get girls who come in and just, just realize that in my current state in life, I cannot raise this child. And CPO has a, a unique approach to adoption that's called open adoption, where the birth mom places her child with a family and then she's able to remain a part of that child's life. And so while she is, is making this adoption plan for her child, she's making it knowing I can still see him grow up. This isn't goodbye forever. It's just me placing them in a family, and then in many ways, this family welcoming me in as part of their family as well. And it's been a, a really beautiful thing, but this morning what I want us to consider are, are two ways that CPO kind of goes into the storm. And the first way I want, to, want us to consider CPO goes into the storm to help babies, to help these babies that, through no fault of their, in the same way you and I had no control over where we were born, who we were born to, or what the conditions we were born into were. So it's the same with these babies. And one of the things CPO does is it just provides hope for them. And one of the primary ways they do that is through the adoption agency and families who feel like God is calling them to be part of bringing peace to the life of a child. And so this morning we have uh, Jimmy and Brooke, there you are. Yeah, if you guys want to come on up here. They are one of our more recent um, adoptive families, and they were kind enough to come over today. They normally go to Redeemer Covenant, uh, just a little bit south of us, but they were nice enough to come over and tell us their story this morning. And so if you guys, four-month-old, is that right? Eleven. Eleven weeks. There we go. Eleven-week-old uh, Chance is their baby boy. But they have a pretty unique story, and i just let them tell it to you. Hi, I'm uh, Jim Brand, and this is my wife, Brooke, and this is Chance. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having us. This is really, um, it's an honor to be here, an honor to be associated with CPO. Um, we have three, we have three other boys, those are boys right there. Um, Pierce is seven, Shepherd is four, Bishop is two, and uh, Chance is 11 weeks, and um, Brooke's going to tell you a little bit more about um, us and and, uh, and Chance, so... Um. Scripture tells us that, you know, even when we are faithless, that God is faithful. And we, and I'll cry because, you know, I'm hormonal and that's just what I do. Um, <laughs> but um, we have seen that testament um, just over and over in this situation. Um, God planted the seed for adoption in my heart when I was in third grade. Actually, it was China that he initially opened my eyes to. I saw a lot about population control, and I thought, well, I'm going to get a Chinese little girl. And um, it, I, it became very trendy, and um, and our hearts were certainly still there, but over um, a series of our marriage, he started to open our eyes to domestic adoption and that there's a need here. And so um, in, gosh, I guess it was a few years ago, we, had, we were invited to the CPO gala from a friend, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit in a second about what turned us to CPO. But um, we have seen God's timing and perfection over bringing us chance and, and tasted his goodness in ways I just 
never could have imagined, we actually started the process of paperwork and all that this summer. And let me just tell you, the timing could not have been worse. I mean, we I was coming off a very serious bout of postpartum depression with our third son, Bishop. And in the spring of, of last year, we started to feel God prompting us to move forward. And we were like, this is just not good timing. I mean, <laughs> I'm just getting well. Um, I just don't know. And, and we both were like, well... At this point, we feel we're being disobedient if we don't move forward. So we'll just inch forward. So um, I thought, well, I'll just sign up for the workshop and learn a little bit more. So I called, and they said, oh, gosh, we're not accepting families. And I was like, well, there's the answer. We'll just wait a little bit. And um, I, sh- I was walking into Bible study, and I shared with a friend, yeah, you know, we, we called, and they're not accepting applications. And my friend said, well, call Chris Panter. And, um, you know, she might be able to get you in. I've had time, so I called Chris. And I'm standing in Bible study, and I hear the phone ringing. And I'm like, what is that noise? <laughs> and I keep hearing the phone And then I hear this, hello? And there's, like, this weird echo. And I look over, and Chris is in Bible study with me. And I'm like, are you Chris? Are you? You know, and she's like, yeah, what are you? you know. And um, I had been in Bible study with her for weeks and didn't even know it. And she's like, yeah, sure, we'll get you in the workshop. So we um, enroll in the workshop. Um, we pay our application fee. I think the total um, ended up being about $650. The next day, we got a refund from our mortgage company for $700. And we were like, okay, we'll, we'll take that as a positive step, and we'll just keep inching forward. Well, um, we started our home study process in September, and we were approved October 30th of this year. That was very quick, as you all can see. <laughs> um, I had a broken foot. And we were like, well, we'll wait on turning in our life book. We should wait and see. But neither of us had a piece about it. So November 15th, I dropped my life book off up here. December 3rd, so two weeks later, I was at Kohl's with our oldest. And um, I got a call, and it was Chris Panter. And she said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm buying pajamas. And she said, well, is today a good day to come pick up a baby? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> She said, um, you've been chosen, and I don't know anything. I think it's a boy. He's a few weeks old, but I'll call you back. Just just go home and take a shower, call Jimmy, and come pick him up. And I, I remember being, like, a little frantic and thinking, we don't have a car seat. How are we going to pay for all this? I mean, we just turned in our life book. But, oh, my gosh. You know, God is in the business of doing miracles. And he moved so quickly over the next 12 to 24 hours we showed up to pick up Chance. He was just so little, and he was my heart. Just the second I saw him, something changed in me. And um, I think of in Scripture when Elizabeth is in the presence of Mary, when she saw Mary pregnant, and her heart just leapt. And that's how I felt when I saw Chance. There was just this. It wasn't just that he was our new son. I was looking at in some ways, the personification of how Christ adopts us into his family. And we picked him up, and um, that night I ran into a friend, and and she was like, oh, my gosh, you have a baby. And I told her what happened. She said, well, this is going to be so weird. But I had a bank account I I didn't know about, and I cashed it out today, and I just want to give you the money for it. It's not a ton, but here's some money. So about an hour later, I got a text from Chris Panther that said, um, just a reminder, you need to pay the birth mother's um, attorney retainer. And the amount was to the penny, the amount the girl gave me. And um, I thought, okay, God's going to cover this. Well, over the next 24 hours, people came out of the woodwork and covered every cent 
of our adoption, we showed up to our attorney visit and someone had anonymously paid it. And we got a letter from them um, later that said, you know, we just want you to know kind of what happened um, back in January. So a year ago, God told them to set aside a certain amount of money to give to someone. And they didn't know, you know, what to do with it. Well, um, when they heard about us adopting Chance, they were like, well, this is what we're supposed to do. And it was the exact amount we needed (laughs) for the attorney fees. And our story is unique. Um, People don't usually get a a drop-in call two weeks after they turn in their book. Um, You know, but I will say this. God's in the business of restoration. And um, I think of Scripture. Scripture says that um, do not withhold those from, from the, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help. And these children and these birth mothers deserve it. And it's within our power to help them, whether it's prayer or um, being a family, housing a girl. Um, just one last piece, our testimony. Um, his name is Chance, and we did not name him. His, um, his birth mother named him. And um, the reason Chance is so just prophetic, I should say, over his little life is when I was a teenager, I had an abortion. And we really chose CPO because we felt like this was a second chance to make a good decision and to give a child life and give a mother a choice. And when we heard his name, um, just the truth that God is a God of second chances. And I was not faithful as a teenager. I was faithless, but he is faithful. He gave us that child back, and he named him Chance. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough about how we have tasted God's goodness. And I know I've probably talked too long, so um, I have a problem with that. But um, anyway, over and over through the entire process, this last year, God has just affirmed and affirmed and affirmed. And if you want to hear more details, I can tell you after the service because it would take the entire service, but um, we love CPO and what they've done. And, you know, you talked about how it changes um, the lives of these babies and birth moms, but it changes the heart of those who adopt. I mean, we will never be the same. And it's not because we have a fourth son. Um, and for the record, there's testosterone coming out of our windows in our house right now. We have four little boys. It's not because of that. It's because we get to be a part of the story of the gospel in a human form. And we, our hearts have changed. Our children's hearts have changed. Our family's hearts have changed in ways we never knew possible. So if you're thinking about it, adoption or thinking about helping, if that inkling of desire is in your heart, that is of the Lord because our sinful nature doesn't think like that. So if you're thinking of it, reach out to Cheryl or Chris or... Um, we're here um, because God will provide, and he will do abundantly more than you could possibly imagine. So, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Uh, one of the things we do, I, I love their story because it, I think there are some myths about adoption at times. Of, well, it's, it's for people who can't have children, uh, or it's for people who are, independently wealthy and can just pay all of this on their own. But the stories we see through CPO again and again is that uh, adoption is for anyone that God speaks to. And so if if you feel like he's tugging on your heart this morning, 
the chances are it probably wouldn't move as fast as it did for, the, for uh, Jim and, and uh, Brooke. But if it is, just talk with them. Talk with Cheryl. Be open to that. Uh, and, and, but I also want to ask Cheryl if you'll come and talk with us a little bit about some of the ways CPO is, is walking with moms through the storms. So tell us a little bit about the ways we can help you serve these women. We are a vo- all volunteer ministry. No one has ever taken a salary. And so anything that you give or do for CPO will be directly bettering the lives of our birth moms who are really central to our mi- ministry. We love on these girls. Uh, we see huge changes. Their lives change forever. And that is a miracle. And we, we do constantly need help. We need women who can give our girls rides to their doctor's appointments or to see the counselor. And we need host families for the girls to stay with. And I will tell you that we really have, we've made lots of calls uh, in the last few days looking for host families. And we have been very thrilled with the response here. Uh, when I called Greta Hart, she said, I have no idea what you're going to ask me, but the answer is yes. <laughs> and uh, that was just, it was too cool. And uh, the Mathers have opened their home, and we do have a transitional home that usually is fairly full, but we have had to close it just temporarily until we find a new house mom. And we're really believing God we're going to find a new house mom out for the transitional home, too. So if God is tugging on your heart about that, be sure to talk to us after the service. And we just, we covet your prayers. Um, Huge things happen, and we really need to be covered uh, with the blood of Christ. And we really, uh, we lean on you for support. And this church is our our covering, and we are so grateful. Uh, all of you have supported CPO over the years. And I will never forget, I, I had CPO in my home and in my car I, uh, for 20-some years. And Pastor Greg called me one day and wanted me to come in, and he said, you know, you and I are going to die. And uh, I'll never forget it. And I said, yeah. And he said, the next person that's the director of CPO probably won't want to do it out of their car. And he said, how would you feel about, you know, we're going to add an addition to the church? And how would you like to have an office and some meeting rooms there? And I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, for real? And he said, yeah, the board has decided to do this. So we are so grateful at CPO for Christian Chapel and for uh, this is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, which is a really big thing. And uh, after service, we're going to be giving each one of you a really pretty baby bottle to collect your change in and bring back to church. Uh, we do, we, our budget is about $350,000 a year, and uh, we're constantly needing to make money. And we hope that as you take that bottle perhaps to work and set it on your desk, 
other people would say, what's that about? And you'd have the opportunity to talk about CPO. And also out on the table are some of our brochures and the Christmas newsletter. Um, Kelly's dad said, well, is this for next Christmas or this Christmas? And I told him he could just choose. Uh, So it's a little late getting here, but it is our Christmas newsletter. And then there are some little round, um, they are business cards. But this one has no one's name on it. It just says, pregnant, call CPO, and our website and phone number. And we do, that phone is answered 24 hours a day. And many times we get girls who say, I called other places, but it was on the weekend and no one answered. And so this little card, please take a couple, take a handful, and just lay one down on the counter at Walmart sometime. We used to tell people to leave them by the pay phones. Uh, That is (laughs) obviously ended. So uh, (laughs) be creative and think of places where you can just tack one on a bulletin board, maybe at Panera, or leave one on a counter someplace. And you'll be surprised. Uh, we have had girls that call and say, I, don't, I found this little round card. So please take one of those as well. Um, anything else? That's good. I forgot. Okay. No, that's good. I do want to ask Lauren, if you guys want to go ahead and come back. Um, I told Cheryl, one of the things we wanted to do, we think there are three primary ways we can help CPO. Uh, by praying, by giving, and by serving. And so our goal is to accomplish all three of those here in the next three minutes. Um, So we're going to pray for Cheryl and all of our CPO volunteers and staff. We're going to receive an offering. So if our ushers want to prepare for that uh, to help CPO. And then they have a table set up out in the foyer that as you leave this morning, you can stop by and just hear of all the ways from adopting a child to driving a lady to a doctor appointment to working in the office. There are just a, a variety of ways that you can serve and help be part of God's answer in these seasons. But if, if you're here this morning and you serve with CPO in any capacity, uh, maybe you're on the board like Greg and I, Steve Jacobson, some others, maybe you uh, are one of the directors, you serve in the office, you're currently a host family. I know, again, there are so many opportunities, but if you currently are serving with CPO, will you stand right where you are so we can all join with you in prayer this morning? All right, will you join me in in prayer for these? God, we thank you for Cheryl. We thank you for the CPO leaders. We thank you for their commitment to walk towards girls and babies in the storms of life. We thank you, Lord, for the many great stories we hear of your peace coming and making an incredible difference. Lord, we pray for each of these that are giving their time to serve you, to serve women and babies. We ask that in 2016, your spirit would empower them for the tasks that you're placing in front of them. Lord, may they walk in confidence knowing that as they align their time, their energy, and their talents with your kingdom, that it will just bear a whole lot of fruit, that we'll see lives changed, that we'll see eternal differences made in the lives of women and babies. Lord, we just thank you that CPO from the beginning has been your plan, not ours, that you've sustained it, you've grown it, and we continue to trust you with its ministry and with just the the significant thing that you've called us to do with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Cheryl. 
The worship team is going to lead us in that song we sang earlier, It Is Well, as they do, the ushers are going to come and receive our offering. Uh, this in its entirety will go to Help CPO uh, this coming year with their operating budget to continue to provide wonderful care to women and babies who are in need. So thank you for giving generously and joyfully with us. I know that each Sunday when we gather together, there are many stories I know and many more that I don't know of just difficulties in life, things that people are experiencing. And as you go today, we, we want you to consider serving with crisis pregnancy outreach and, and those types of things. But uh, before even we do that, we want you to know that Jesus is with you and Jesus is stronger. And whatever you're dealing with, he sees you this morning and he's bigger than that. And so as we're dismissed, if you would like someone to join with you in prayer about a specific need you have, as you go out, just hang a left and go through the Welcome Center. Pastor Greg and Pastor Rennie, some of our other uh, volunteers, will be back there ready to pray with you, just that you'll see Jesus for who he is in the middle of this storm and that he will bring the peace that only he can bring. The rest of us, thank you for joining with us today. My prayer is that you will go in his peace that you will share that with others. And again, if you want to explore how to do that through crisis pregnancy outreach, please stop by the table and talk with some of their leaders. They would be thrilled to encourage you. And we hope to see all of you tonight at the Chili Cook-Off where we continue to um, explore what we can do to take the gospel around the world and all your chili loses to mine. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you. This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you would like more information about Christian Chapel, please visit ChristianChapel.com.